there, hi there, ho there, hello there, and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour Podcast, where we discuss the joy and excitement of U of L women's athletics. We have a full house in here today to discuss the activities that have been going on with Cardinal women's sports. And it's been, boy, it's been a while since we've had a full house of all five of us on the broadcast, so uh, this could be fun. Uh, you know, some of the things that we'll cover today, basically, before I get into the introductions and stuff. Obviously, a lot of women's basketball today. That seems to be, at least this time of year, the major focus of what's going on. We could kind of take a look forward at some of the spring sports coming up and also some of the other sports that are currently in activities like swimming and diving and also women's tennis. Yes, but uh, as we like to do, let's catch up with the participants today. And uh, I guess we'll start it out with the, the prodigal son here. The guy's been gone for a long time in case Hoskins. Uh, Case, uh, good to have you back on the broadcast. Yeah, thanks. It's been uh, it's just been a while. Just the the New Year's Eve that we took off, <clears throat> and then yeah, uh, had some personal stuff come up the the week after, and then last week we were supposed to have a um, birthday dinner for my wife's nephew, and instead, because they were still dealing with some construction fallout from burst pipe issues on Christmas, then we moved that to a lunch, which threw things off for this, so now I'm back. Great to have you back, and the, 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 those construction problems you were having, your dad wasn't involved in these in any way, was he? <laughs> no, 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 it was my, uh, my sister-in-law had, had some burst pipe issues okay, uh, right, I was gonna say. on Christmas, and, and so it, they were having uh, numerous fans and dryers to Ooh. finish uh dehumidifying the remainder of any materials that weren't demoed for reconstruction and so we decided that having a, a dinner there dinner there at the house would not be pleasant for everyone involved but there's nothing that quite says christmas like blowing fans and dehumidifiers <laughs> at least that i remember but anyway daryl and house today daryl's been there with me uh both times this week and we've been to women's basketball games she was kind of out there all over the KFCM Center on Thursday out there with the faculty and staff appreciation day and there was some friends and even came down the media row and actually went and took my cookie to the mayor Daryl's had a busy week that's for sure and I, I never did get a picture of you taking the cookie to the mayor so I guess I'm gonna have to fire. Well, that's okay. Crazy. Thomas got a video apparently, but did he get one good? Yeah, Thursday night. Thursday night was wild. You should have seen me pulling out my. Uh, uh, tickets on my phone and then going to the student um, booth and getting student tickets and trying to get all these people in the game for a reason. Well, a reasonable, I would say reasonable price. It's not outrageous to begin with, but it is nice to have connections and get in there as cheap as possible. And I was able to do that. And I brought three friends to a game with me. I know coach Walls would be very happy about that. And they all said they had a great time and they plan on bringing friends out as well. So, you know, domino effect. And I think coach Walls would be pretty, pretty happy with me. <laughs> There you go, continuing to grow the, the product. Fantastic stuff there. Uh, yeah, I saw the picture of you all up there. It didn't look to be a lot of people around you. No, those those end zones are kind of bare, but hopefully this Sunday game will be a little different story. Word is that, uh, yes, uh, with NC State coming to town Sunday, those areas will be full cardinals. So we hope so. I will say, though, Paul, it's still a better crowd than the men's game. 
<laughs> there was no, well, yeah, there's no doubt about that. I had to go off on somebody on Twitter today. Saying, <laughs> you, know, you know, Denny Crumb and Kenny Payne have a lot of the same traits. This <laughs> is a tweet out there. I saw that and I just, yeah. if I'd been on a launch pad, they would have said lift off because I would have gone through the ceiling. I blasted this guy back in about a two-paragraph tirade about, you have no idea. What are you, four years old? You know, <laughs> I, saw, I saw somebody respond to a picture of the crowd and said, uh, said, I don't know, I see a lot of red. looks pretty full to me. And I had to, had to really <laughs> hold back from saying, yeah, because the seats are red. <laughs> but even yeah. like how many people are in the stands versus – um, their involvement in the game. I, I mean, we've said yeah. it before that the women's game and the fans are just on another level and they make it fun and they know when to stand up. They know when to get loud and it's it's just a whole different atmosphere. I think one of our readers used to say, I used to wait and beg in anticipation to get seats for men's games. He says, it's now it's like I'm turning them down every time somebody asks me. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I had six tickets a couple weeks ago, and I couldn't give them away. It was bad. It's well, just people find fairness, their time more valuable. Pictures, I wouldn't go. <laughs> people find uh, doing other things is more valuable than sitting in the arena and watching the men's team for two hours. It's exactly. Bad. I mean, I got my sock drawer all streamed dead, <laughs> and there are no singles loose. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, it took some time, and that, then the men were losing by 28 at the same time. Yeah. Why, why not feel productive instead of, you know, just defeated for two straight hours? There's that Argyle match. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jared in the house as well with us. Jared, of course, uh, taking photos the last couple games with us and uh, just dashing all about the KFCM Center, me and Jared. Uh, we've done some good things so far. We saw Morgan Jones go off on her old team and then virtually disappear in the next game. Uh, what's going on, Jared? Lots and lots of work. Been up since 6.40, was working uh, this morning. Uh, we're deploying a new system, big upgraded system here at work at the end of the week. So uh, the week after that is going to be a lot of 11-hour days. And me being the stubborn, hard-headed person I am, I'm not going to let that affect my personal life outside of that. So I'm still going to live my normal everyday life, even if it means losing a few hours of sleep. Sometimes, you know, that's really the only course you can take, but then you'll find yourself going, oh, I normally do this right now, but I think I'm tired. I think I'm going to put my head down for a couple hours. That, that was, I, I must say, a masterful job of avoiding the house divided with FSU and UofL there. <laughs> yeah, I went out to uh, the watch party at the Red Barn, which turned out to be more of an alumni event, and I noticed they had... ESPN's homepage pulled up when I walked in and I kindly reminded them that it was on Valley Sports and the people were quick to tell me, oh no, you can watch it on ESPN Plus. Well, I didn't feel like getting into it with them, so I just sat back and watched chaos unfold as they tried to figure out who could Valley <laughs> log in about five yeah. minutes into the game. Yeah. But it, would be, it was uh, nice. I got to enjoy it from there and Katie's watching from home. Uh, so when she was screaming at the TV, I could sense it from miles away. <laughs> I was not here to be around her for it. Well, yeah, I, I, actually, the last time that we played them, of course, over in the KFC, I'm sorry, you gave me the advantage of sitting next to Katie. And I also had the new Florida State AD with me. And they were sitting there. 
Yeah, we got to watch Morgan Jones go off against us then. So it's yeah, nice she had like, favorite. yeah, like twenty-eight points, and then I looked the I, the AD right in the eye and said, "We're gonna get that girl on the portal walls <laughs> going after." Her. And he looked at me, he kind of grinned and shook his head. And he said, "Now we're gonna we're gonna probably need at least Haley for her." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I wonder how many times he wakes up at night. Awakened from a bad dream where I'm talking to him, said, We're also going after this girl and yeah. this girl. Jeff in house as well. Jeff has had an active week as well, doing things of baking the U of L women's basketball, following news and other sports as well. Jeff, what's happening? Yeah, you know, uh, always these little dribbles and, and tidbits of volleyball news coming out. So we'll have a little bit there. Uh, you know, going to the U of L game uh, on Thursday, was there. Was up in my normal seat cheering, um, <clears throat> salivating over all of the uh, baked, baked goods that were being made. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's okay. So maybe not so great, but uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later, of course. Uh, uh, you know, work-wise for me, I'm hiring. Uh, anybody is a yeah, have experience as a network automation engineer, let me know. I'm, I'm, I'm hiring for that. And I've got some other positions that are coming up and soon too. So uh, pretty cool situation to be in right now at work. So it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, cool stuff. Uh, loving my life, you know, it's pretty awesome. And if they have a UK screensaver, does that automatically throw them out or no? Nah, we, we, work, we work remote. So, uh, you know, guy I interviewed yesterday is in Pennsylvania. So, yeah. He's he's actually outside Pitt, so he may be a Pitt fan. That might that might be a problem, but come volleyball season, but <laughs> well, you lost your connection again. I don't know what you said. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Try to yeah. rehook. We had a new hire start this week, and he's from uh, Pittsburgh originally. So yeah, here you go. Uh, gee, I don't know why your VPN quit working. <laughs> <laughs> Which bridge do I take to get there? Yeah, I know there's a bunch of them. Yeah, just don't drive over any of the E bridges. That's not can, a good idea. Can't you all figure out how to make a road that's straight? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. That is Pittsburgh in a, a nutshell. As for me, as I was telling the gang earlier, I've been playing the Battle of the Tree Removal. And right now I'm working on getting my fourth and final estimate on these. Uh, it is amazing. The more people you talk to, the more different ideas they have on trees. The more opinions you get. The different sales pitches people come at you with and ways they get to try and earn your business. Uh, I think that I'm obviously going to probably try to go low quote on these. And it's amazing because I'm going the full nine yards, guys. I'm having the trees removed. I'm having the stumps taken out too, okay? Just a total erasure of everything. The price differential. The, the, the stump grinding is the fun part. That's from what I've been told, and what I remember seeing years ago at a neighbor's house. Yeah. That's the fun part. Yeah, get to work with a big, powerful machine that rips things apart. That's fun. Yeah, got to rent it, of course. But you know, yeah, I'm certainly nothing that I'm ready to go take on myself. So yeah, I'll let somebody else do it. I'll pay them for the privilege and maybe go out and watch them do it. But uh, we'll see what happens here. All I can say is it took these. I can remember these trees when I was six years old being about maybe six, seven feet tall, and my dad putting Christmas lights on them. Now these trees are, I'm going to say, well over maybe gosh, 50 feet tall, and they are dying. So the removal could be fun. 
it'll be interesting to see. If one Saturday I'm not here hosting the broadcast, you'll know what happened. I got underneath one of the trees and it fell on me. We got a lot of fun things to talk about today. Also, a lot of things going on this week, so we're going to jump in and see if Case will give us a little scheduling and Twitter information. Yes, I can do. Uh, on the schedule, you've got uh, today the conclusion of the swim and dive meet, U of L versus UK. Um, not sure why. Maybe it has to do with the size of their aquatic center, but they split out platform diving yesterday. Uh, yesterday evening and then the remainder of the meet is today so couldn't get any results on it because uh, as far as both of the websites are concerned that is an ongoing meet so they didn't take results from yesterday but that one gets underway at 1 p.m so if you left now you'd still have time to make it to the Lancaster Aquatic Center in Lexington. Uh, Men's tennis hosts Northwestern tomorrow uh, after women's tennis played host to a doubleheader yesterday uh, that one is at noon, and then they'll also host Eastern Kentucky at 5. Women's basketball is hosting North Carolina State, uh, National Girls and Women in Sports Day slash Girl Scouts Day. So uh should be a, a fun crowd there, maybe some screaming children in attendance. Uh, as long as they're screaming for the right team, I guess it's not that big a deal. That game is actually listed as playing on ABC, so that'll be an interesting network choice for that one. Uh, that's at 1 p.m. On Wednesday, men's basketball is back in ac- action for whatever that's worth. They have a new player on the team, I guess, so we'll see if that changes anything. But fortunately, that one starts at my bedtime at 9 p.m. on Wednesday, so won't have to pretend to watch it. Uh, that one's on the road on ACC Network against Boston College. Thursday, women's basketball takes on Wake Forest in Winston-Salem, uh, also on ACC Network. That one is at 6 p.m. on Thursday. Uh, Friday, uh, track and field will host another event this season. They're just uh, using the Norton Healthcare Sports and Learning Complex as much as possible. Uh, That event is Friday and Saturday, listed as all day. And uh, swimming will host Indiana at the Ralph Wright Natatorium starting at 2 p.m. on Friday. Friday for a one-day event. That gets you through the week um, with spring schedules not really starting up yet. Um, Mostly just winter sports at this point, but lacrosse and softball and I guess that's it. We'll be uh, getting started soon. I'll toss in there real quickly in case on Tuesday U of M will be holding their spring sports media day they bring in the other the half of the spring sports. I was going to say, the second one, the other half of yeah. it. Yeah. Every year they change around this concept and mess with it for both fall and spring, and you never know how it's really going to approach you and hit you. This year they decided to divide it into two days instead of one day and say, okay, fine. Fortunately, the second week is the one I wanted to see most of. That all had yeah. all the good stuff that I cover a lot, we cover a lot like softball, lacrosse, and even women's golf. The location, though, strikes me as quite interesting as they're going to have it at the ACC media broadcast area here at Louisville, the building where the ACC originates their broadcasts. So I've been in that facility before. Uh, 
few y'all seen D up in there about a couple years ago, and also went in there and uh, talked to somebody else in there. Uh, Daryl, of course, knows the facility pretty well as, as, as such. But is they really have a big meeting room where they can actually host something like that, Daryl? I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Um. Now you think it was clear out all the stuff out of the studio and just have studio, it in there. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'm guessing that would be have to be it, or maybe they'll just. Well, who knows? It'll be fun to see and interesting to see. So I'll be trotting down there to do that. Uh, on Tuesday, so we'll, I'll probably have some information on that Wednesday for y'all. But uh, go ahead and get into the Twitter information now, sir. For whatever it's worth, I'm going to assume that uh, all these Twitter accounts still exist. Um, so <laughs> correct me if that's not true. But if there's any chance they're yeah, gone. <laughs> I tweet is at best case scenario. Polly is at Cardinal Couple. Uh, Jeff is at Card Couple Radio and at Jeff McAdams. Uh, Daryl is at Daryl Faust Four, and Jared is at Mr. Anderson Jared. Um, I don't know. It, it, as long as the API didn't get shut down just for embedded Twitter links, then uh, yeah. you can check out the right side of the Cardinal Couple website and uh, follow along with the Twitter list there. There you have it. That's what you can do. And uh, we'll see what happens. Certainly, I think it should be a fun week ahead. And certainly one of the things that we look forward to, of course, is coming up Sunday. But we'll get into that in just a little bit. Let's kind of catch up on what did happen. Earlier in the week, uh, the cards decided to take a little small trip down to Tallahassee, Florida. Not to visit Jasmine Jones, no. Not to tour the state capitol, no. They were going to play the Seminoles in the Donald L. Tucker Center. And every time I see that, I kind of wondered, who was Donald L. Tucker and why did he? So I did some research and actually put it in the article if you wanted to go back and read that. Uh, in the article that we put out on Monday, uh, he was nothing earth-shaking. He was nothing major in any type of athletics or anything. He was a Florida House of Representatives member. And he was also special ambassador to the Dominican Republic. Now, does that yeah. great having an arena named after you? You tell me. You be the judge. I, I've never seen us do that here for any of our arenas. You know, but, Wikipedia uh, is pretty short for having a building named after him. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering if he found a bunch of money somewhere and threw it all in Florida State that never got mentioned or whatever. But in any event. Uh, you never know these things. They could do something like that for Donald Little Tucker. Can't we do something for Jerry Abramson? Can't we name something for him? Uh, yes. I would love to see that. Uh, I'm going to put I mean, it must we? we can name the halftime cookies after him. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. In the Jerry, made, Jerry Abramson media room. Yes. <laughs> With the Madeline Abramson cookies for your choice. We'll, we'll see what happens with all that. But yeah, FSU. Uh, they were surly. They were angry. They were hungry. They wanted to come in here and, and get a win over the cars. But Morgan Jones, obviously, I think was probably buoyed in the fact that she was playing where she had played a lot of ball before and Golly by golly, she certainly went off on the FSU Seminoles, did she not, Case? Yeah, I was just uh, refreshing myself with the box score here, and she was nearly perfect on the day. Um, finished with a double-double, 25 points uh, and 10 rebounds, and shot 9-10 uh, of 10 from the floor and 7-8 of 8 from the free-throw line, so... Can't ask for much more, uh, except for a little bit more cleanliness with... Uh, 
four turnovers and, and four personal fouls, but um, kind of makes up with that with an assist and three blocks and the aforementioned double-double. So fantastic effort from her on the day. All she in just did. 27 minutes because of those four fouls too, so. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, the foul trouble did get in her way a little bit, but uh, it, it, Jeff, this was an FSU team who had no intentions and, and, and no desire to kind of roll over and look at the cards and say, okay, you got this thing. We're going to just play for the fun of it. The, they came out uh, and actually kept things a little bit, I, I won't, won't call it dysfunctional, but, but kind of slow in the first quarter here. Uh, you know, keeping the cards from scoring a lot of points. It was 2014. Uh, we, we were getting some good stuff out of Liz Dixon, but for the most part, the Noles were kind of uh, taking control and charge of this game early. Yeah, and, and we knew that this was going to be a, a – that FSU had a strong defense. We saw that in the stats leading up to it. We could kind of predict that. Uh, and we knew that, that Louisville was not going to be a high-scoring team that that game. The goal was to keep Florida State from being a high-scoring game uh, team that game. Uh, and so, you know, we were able to do that, but it makes that always – that approach to a game always makes it um, – a little bit of edge of the seat because you know you don't generally get out to big leads by being a strong defensive team, um, you know, and particularly with this U of L team, that hasn't been our strength this year, and we were able to do that some against them, but it uh, it was a challenge for sure. At halftime, the Knowles had a four-point lead on the cards. We're certainly doing some things that had Louisville uh, with some. Things to talk about at halftime on how do we stop this? How do we overcome this? Uh, some great play by Kono in the game earlier. But I think the main thing, and this is a theme that has been repeating itself, how do we get rid of these turnovers? We've had enough to eat. Let's send that back to the kitchen. Uh, Jared, that was probably my main concern going into the second half is can we just quit giving them the ball? Yeah, at one point in the first quarter, we were on pace to have about they combined 65 turnovers. We didn't quite get there, but what was it, about 45 between the two of them, or roughly so? That's not good, even when you play a fast-paced offense, which you're going to expect turnovers here and there. Yeah, it's probably close to double the amount that we should have seen, uh, but I guess forcing... Uh, forcing them into more turnovers than we had helps. Also, I think the big difference was we were uh, drawing fouls on shots a lot more in the paint and knocking down free throws, I think, was the, the big difference. But, yeah, the turnovers were just ugly, and I think a lot of it was mental and miscommunication. Let's see if it cleans up tomorrow. It was uh, yeah, 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 go ahead, Daryl. I was going to just call on you about this fourth quarter. Yeah, well, okay. I wanted to go off Jared's comment. If we had 65 turnovers in the game, Coach Walls is making the team walk back to Louisville. Um, I, I, don't but, think they, I don't think they'd all be on the team anymore. <laughs> I mean, you know, Haley Van Lith, she's she's putting the most minutes in. She's got the ball in her hand most of the time, and she's getting most of these turnovers, whether it's um, – and, and then I think most of her turnovers come from just bad passes that people – that the defense is reading – uh, where she's going with it, and they just step in the lane and take it away. I mean, she's had seven in the game, which is kind of you raise your eyebrow about at it um, because you'd like to see that number go down a little bit over the season, and it's 
not really. I don't, I'm, I'm not kind of trying, trying not to blame her so much because like I said, she's in there for 40 minutes and she's got the ball the most of the time. But, you know, you'd, you'd like to see those turnovers get into the um, maybe single digits 10 range. Like, that's a safe number. Turnovers are going to happen. It's just that when they're in important moments or um, just you just keep seeing dumb turnovers happen, you get a little frustrated. I'm sure Coach Wallace gets tired of seeing it. <clears throat> it takes some solace in the fact that in 40 minutes, despite seven turnovers, she, did, she was positive. That's this turnover ratio. Um, yeah. It was only by one, but so was the entire yeah. teams, uh, and she had five of the team's six assists or six steals. So, uh, yeah. she did her best to make up for those turnovers. But like you said, as a team, it's too many. I, I mean, mm-hmm. eighteen, and you give up. Let's double check down here. Twenty-two points off those turnovers. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it took yeah. a thirteen-point win in the fourth, or yeah, a thirteen-point win in the fourth quarter to win the game. So. Uh, maybe don't give up 22 points off turnovers and you have a little bit uh, easier road to hoe for the remainder of the game and not just need to have heroics in the fourth quarter. And Haley's one of those players that she's going to beat herself up about those kind of stats, no matter if she has a 40-point night. If she sees 10 turnovers, she's probably going to lose sleep over it. She's just a competitor like that. She doesn't want to be responsible for uh, the other team scoring off of her mistake. I just... I don't know her personally, but that's the vibe I get from this athlete. It was Haley and also Olivia Cochran who basically exploded for the cards late in this contest to kind of give them the win. Louisville started the fourth quarter on a, an 11-4 run and actually allowed them to grab the lead with about seven minutes to play. Uh, the cards tenaciously were holding on to this thing as FSU kept trying to get back into it trying to tie it back up, trying to take the lead away. Uh, the key in the play of the game for me is uh, one of the deals where you had this incredible shot by Haley Van Lith uh, the score. Uh, a basket that I just kind of looked at and shook my head at and said, how does she shoot stuff like this and how does it go in? Uh, an amazing, it was 77-75. The cards were up late. Van Lith is and watching the clock get kind of close and stuff and just I don't know you know how you described the maneuver kind of a shimmy shake turnaround boom bang bing and then she throws it up over her head sideways and off balance yep and you it, know what that is Paul that is what coach Walls talks about of her being in the gym that is just muscle memory uh mamba mentality okay. kind of uh drive I can just envision her practicing that shot at three in the morning. <laughs> I mean, she probably has. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure she actually leaves the gym some days. Send me a pizza and uh, how about some fries and a quarter, a quarter pounder. I'll be here until midnight. Uh, <laughs> they have to kick her out of the gym. They're like, all right, Haley, enough's enough. We want to go home. Short walk. I just get to go across the street now. Yeah. Yeah, and, love that. And I, I can envision Scott Teeter sitting up in his office, you know, trying to do some late night strategy, and all of a sudden he just hears this solitary thump, 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 <laughs> bing. That's how Haley wakes up. Have you all seen the Denny Crum uh, housing where they have that uh, outdoor like hangout area? Y'all know I have not about? seen this such. No. Uh, yeah, it's like a balcony above. Yeah. Well, above the and, lobby. Uh, yeah. 
That's where Haley goes out at three in the morning. She just starts chucking basketballs at Planet Fitness Center. Yeah. Open up. <laughs> Good stuff indeed. Has the cards. Uh, we're able to get out of that one with the win. Uh, any win on the road in the ACC, and we've said this many times before, should probably be worth two wins because they are that valuable and that important to beat a team that a lot of people were saying very good things about in Florida State earlier in the season and such uh, to beat them by seven on their home court. Uh, yes, we'll take it. Thank you very much. Come back home. We miss you. I think that's a huge win, Paul. Yeah. I think it's huge because Florida State was sitting there in that top tier in the ACC. We go to their house and get a signature win. And I, I hate to say it, but this Louisville team this year, they, they look beatable. Anybody, I think that, you know, maybe any weekend in the NCAA tournament, they could lose to somebody by the what I'm seeing so far this season. So to get that win at Florida State, I think that just gives them some confidence that they need to move into the, the rest of the season. Absolutely, for sure it was. And, of course, Van Lith had 20, Cochran 13, Carr 11. But Morgan Jones going back in there and saying to her old teammates, hey, remember me? Remember when I used to do this in practice? I'm yeah. doing it against you now. Isn't this fun? Hey, let's do another one. And I'm sure there were one or more than one Tallahassee uh, Seminole fan who walked out of that arena mumbling. Never a goddamn portal. There's a transfer portal. That's a bunch of crap. So Morgan Jones came home, and hometown girl made good, right? As we kind of go in and morph into the rest of the week, the cards, as we mentioned, did come home, and mm -hmm. then they were engaged to take on a team, which, you know. I think that there's a lot of things that can be said for Boston College as far as their tenacity goes and also the way that Coach Mack rebuilt this program. Because when you take a look at the players, Jeff, who had transferred out of there at the end of last year to the roster that she's got this year, it's almost like she moved to a different school. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, It was uh, a very different team than – what we are used to seeing with some different results from what we're used to seeing. Obviously, Boston College with wins over both Florida State and NC State is is almost unthinkable. Uh, it's, it's kind of a uh, what's going on here uh, type of result. Um, and because I put it in our, in our group chat, and I think I tweeted it as well, you know, ACC and women's basketball stands for uh, you know Atlantic Chaos Conference, right? So, and Boston Pol College is no small part of that in having some big upset wins on the season. So, um, big things. Uh, they're they're showing up. They're playing well. They're they're not the doormat of the league anymore. Uh, like we've kind of been used to having them be. So, um, this 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 is contributing to the you can't take a day off in the ACC kind of atmosphere that we we've had this year and typically, but particularly this year. And, and maybe it is to a certain extent, Daryl, the fact where an ACC women's basketball head coach can take a look at some prospects and say, Hey, you'd be coming to a conference that does this and has this, and it will give you a chance to compete against a mm -hmm. B C and D. 
and be on a team that possibly wins the conference title. Wouldn't you like that opportunity? Oh, by the way, I've got some players in the portal that are leaving, so there's some openings. Say, what do you say? You want to come play here? I think it's a great selling point for any ACC WB coach, Daryl. And you know what else is, uh, I was talking about this the other day, is Coach Walls, and he's in his 16th season with U of L, and you all might know um, off the top of your head if he's one of the um, more seniored coaches in the conference um, at this point now that, you know, Muffet's gone and maybe a few others. I can't think of a top of my head, but anyways, um, Coach Walls is, I think that he's got a reputation of being somewhat of a, um, someone that other teams like to beat, but he's also encouraging those teams to give it all their, all they can. He wants to see the ACC do well and see these coaches do well. And, you know, he's got coaches that came out of his coaching tree that go off to other programs and he'll always cheer for them. And you always see the, him, um, meeting up with these coaches at midcourt before the game or after the game, either, you know, wishing them good luck or, or a good game if they did were able to beat him because he wants them to do well. He wants the sport to grow. He wants the uh, conference to be the best that it can because, you know, he gets players like Haley Van Lith because of the conference being so good. And she admits that too, saying, I wanted to come play in a conference that's going to be one of the best and give me the uh, most amount of competition. And so, I mean, Coach Walls is a big fan of some other coaches around the league and he's friends with them. And I'm sure they talk, uh, before a match or, you know, texting or whatever throughout the season. And it's just, it's just good for the league overall. Um, but I, I guarantee that there's other coaches that are like, man, I'd love to get a win over that guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a program a changer for a few weeks and such. But Jared was uh, getting himself acquainted with referees asses during the game. <laughs> and I want to get into that a little bit further. Jared, this is a new passion for you, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe if they, uh, focused on calling a better game instead of blocking the photographers we wouldn't have so many issues with women's basketball officiating that that was much much that was much more palatable than the comment i was going to make about it so that's good (laughs) they don't want evidence jared (laughs) and now in all fairness it's not that uofl was the only one team affected by the poor officiating Oh no! I keep, I keep oh, saying over and over, they're not biased. They're just bad. <laughs> it was bad in general, and then that's when you start seeing players get frustrated and things get sloppy and and feisty out there. And I think that's what we saw there in the third quarters. Uh, Olivia and a couple of Boston College players earned some uh, well-deserved intentional and technical fouls. But if the officials had been calling a better game and had better control of the game, then we probably would not have seen that. Uh, incident occur. So I'm, I'm going to throw that one right back at those three, and I don't think they even realized how bad they were. Yeah. Except for when the fans were going nuts at them. It got so loud. Uh, I, I was mumbling under my breath as much as I can without fear of getting penalized myself. <laughs> foul on Jared. <laughs> I could see now. Technical foul on photographer's row. <laughs> and then then Coach Walls would really, really have a heart attack. Yeah, Paulie would be looking for a new photographer. That's how you, that's how you, lose, your, that's how you lose your credentials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would get this. We got some good news for you, Paul. Uh, uh, 
uh, we're going to give you guys a different photographer, Dan, here. We're going to suggest for the game. The bad news is Jared is gone. Uh, something about him wrapping a lens around a player's ass. I don't know what happened. I'll be down there taking pics with my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it works, it works, right? There you go. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the basically one of the things that I think a lot of fans who were there certainly what I'll remember about this one was in that third quarter. We had about maybe a little less than four minutes to play. Uh, Olivia Cochran and Andrea Daly for Boston College uh, became a little heated at each other and it ended up to basically both of them getting separated from each other, whistles being blown, fingers being pointed and, and such like that and what seemed like a 20 minute delay while the referees tried to sort everything out. Now we had no idea on media row what exactly was called. All we saw was Haley Van Lith going to the free throw line, shooting free throws and the cards getting the ball. So we figured, okay, this must be a tech on a technical foul on Boston college. Unfortunately, the announcer, I think it was the ref who made the announcement too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that, their microphones aren't best. Yeah, well, their, their microphones are fine. She just needs to learn how to use it. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> what she said was intellig- unintelligible. Yeah, and it wasn't until later on when I actually asked a our RSID Matt Paris about it. I said, "What happened there?" And he goes, "Well, it was a technical on us, but it was two intentional fouls on them. Mm-hmm. So that's why." We got the free throws, and that's why we got the ball. Right. They had two intentional fouls. Yeah. So one of their intentional fouls and, and our technical canceled out, basically left us with the uh, the other intentional foul for them that gave us two shots in the ball that Haley took. So That's that's what I come up with, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. That's what I come up with. Uh, in, in case I don't know how much you saw on this one or – had this one, but BC was another one of these teams that just said, "Hey, we're not going to go away. We we want to play ball against you guys." And uh, they actually held the lead at fifty-five or fifty-seven, fifty-five, with about five minutes left to play, and it was nervous time in the KFCM center circle. Yeah, I mean, Louisville jumps out to a twenty to nine lead after the first quarter, and everybody's like, "All right." Uh, Louisville's at home. They're taking on Boston College. They lead by 11 after one quarter. We might as well pack this one in. And right away, Boston College comes back out the second and says, uh, "Actually, um, this game, this game's going to continue." Uh, cuts the lead back down to uh, just one at halftime. Uh, Louisville made it back up to two in the in the third. But like you said, Boston College took the lead with five minutes left, and Louisville's kind of looking at it like, "Well." Uh, time to put up or shut up, and fortunately they did uh, end up end up getting the uh, eight point victory there. But like you said, like I, I, it was something Daryl said that stood out to me is everyone is ready to get, uh, or Louisville is going to have to be ready to get everyone's best shot. It, it, they are to the point in the conference um, where that's the team, one of the teams that they are. Um, People want to beat them. Um, when you get a lot of votes to be a, a perennial contender for the conference crown, everybody wants to be the team that prevents you from doing that. So uh, this season, Louisville's down a little bit, but still managing to to take some of those shots and and come out ahead. 
Um, this Boston College game being one of those examples where, like you said, BC just wasn't going to go away. Only three and five in conference now, but uh, dangerously close to making it four and four. Casa Robinson, as we've seen her do so many times in her career, Louisville kind of stepped in here at, at the end and made some decisions, made some plays, made some uh, things happen to help the cards secure this one. Jared, just, just I, I know we've talked about her ad nauseum for years, but just talk about the magic of Casa. I think they look like a whole different team when Casa's out there on the court, just do the hustle and effort that she puts forth. I mean, you know, she's not one to shy away from going up against the bigs to grab a rebound or play defense. Play defense on anybody she's told to play defense against. She, I think, she reads the court well. She understands where her teammates are, but she also can kind of anticipate on defense where a pass or where the ball may be going. And, and she's not going to be a big scorer when asked to shoot or when asked to score. She'll certainly take the shot. No guarantee it's going to go in, but she did get a couple uh, shots to fall. But I think just the energy and the effort that she puts makes the rest of the team on the court want to hustle more and and try harder out there. And that's going to be a big thing we're going to miss next year. Indeed she is. uh, Daryl had the write-up for this game. Daryl, as she mentioned earlier, was so very busy entertaining friends coming down to Media Row doing this, that, and the other thing running to get cookies at halftime and then taking one of those cookies over to Jerry Abramson. And uh, just a, a, a busy night for Daryl. And, and then they have to turn around and write this article right after the game when I'm sure your head was just exploding with everything that, that happened. A good article by you. I've really only seen one criticism, and that was the Fred report, where somebody privately emailed me and said, how could she give us a lower case on anything in the Fred report? <laughs> It's subjective. It's exactly. It's the author's opinion on what the Fred report is. Uh, Yeah, Paul, it's it's a busy night, but I definitely want to shout out Mikasa and her role in the win because I'm telling you, she she flipped a switch with five minutes left in the game saying, no, we are not losing to bottom of the ACC Boston College. They're giving us a good game, but we've got to get this win. Um, If you look at the play-by-play and you you see what Mikasa's impact was in those last five minutes, I mean, you just start with an assist, then you go with an offensive rebound, then there's a steal, then there's another assist, and she's landing free throws. And we talked about um, her struggling a little bit to get those jumpers when we needed them early in the season, and then she started to uh, get them to fall, which was important for this team to win. But I really want to shout out Mikasa because she is like moving up my list of being one of the most influential players for a program in history. Uh, I think that she she's just got so many plays that stand out in my mind over her career of being just, you know, just has a fight about her that's so much fun to watch. And you, you have those conversations who would be on your Mount Rushmore. Mikasa is moving up there in mine because she um, she's got a program record of appearances on the floor. Um, she's also got just this leadership uh, about her when she's out there. I think when the announcer announced that she had the program record, she had the ball in her hand. The crowd is cheering and they're standing up for her, but she's not paying attention to any of that because she's got an offense to run right now. 
and when they were um, announcing her and celebrating her, she is directing the offense. I, I specifically watched during that moment. You know, she didn't. She wasn't asking for recognition. She's she's going for the win, and she did everything she could. Like I said, she had that assist. She's grabbing the the rebounds and and making sure her free throws are, are good. She's stealing the ball away. She is vocal. She's telling where telling her offense where to go, where she needs them to be. And and we're really gonna miss her um, after this season because I just so many memories of her stand out to me over the last few years. I'm not sure her uh, plans for the future, but if she wants to get into any type of coaching, I would love to see this oh, coaching goodness. staff bring her on as Holy like God. a volunteer or graduate assistant because I think she could be a phenomenal coach. Are there defensive coaches on basketball? I just thought about <laughs> Yeah, there are. I mean, yeah. They're not designated. I think I thought it was interesting that they chose that particular moment to make that announcement, though. I think it was right when she had entered the game for the first time. Yeah, traditionally an announcement is made during that dead ball period. Right. uh, Right, that makes more sense to me. Maybe maybe they were trying to get the hype up, get the fans involved while she's dribbling. I don't know. Could have been that as well, but. Yeah. I question a lot of the flow of the game sometimes, but I digress. <laughs> yes, I do as well. Uh, <laughs> cards get this win. Uh, I had the opportunity. Uh, I've talked to her in past years down primarily at the, at the ACC tournament, but Coach Mack at least kind of recognize each other on site level and can say hi and exchange pleasantries. Uh, she was walking off the court after that game and she had her head held high and I, I just kind of stopped and waved at her and I said coach this bunch of kids of yours came in here and just scared the hell out of this arena she kind of smiled she goes it's a work in progress when we're going to get there and I said don't give up and she says never and just kept walking after that kind of gives you an insight and an idea into what's going on in her mind and how she's going to build this thing uh, I was trying to think back, and we'll go around here real quick before we get into the uh, NC State uh, preview here, but coaches that have been there longer than Walls, I think Katie Meyer at Miami came to mm-hmm. mind for me. Yeah. But other than that, I can't come up with any others. I think that's about it nowadays. Because yeah, I'm thinking any of the Carolina coaches, no. Uh, Clemson, certainly not. Uh, Brick's been there a while, but I don't think it's longer than Walls. He's only been there about seven or eight years, I think. Yeah, Kenny's only been yeah. like eight, eight or seven or eight years. Yeah, um, yeah I'm really thinking it's Walls, y'all. I think it's Walls or Katie Meyer, and I don't know how many years Katie's been there, but uh, I know she's been there a long time. Yeah. Do a little Google search. There you go. Somebody who's got faster fingers than me can run that down while we transition out into... <laughs> What is going to happen on Sunday, 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 down at the KSAM Center, 1 p.m. Make sure you get your tickets and go to watch the cards play NC State. It is is Katie Meyer. Uh, This is not an updated Wikipedia list, but um, because it still shows Susan Morrell. But since she's gone, you've got uh, Katie Meyer. I guess has yeah, been there for 18 pop. years now. It's her uh, 18th season, yeah, I guess. Walls and Hillsman were tied, and uh, now that's not yeah. a tie anymore. Uh, so you got uh, Meyer and then Walls right behind her, two years. 
There you go. Certainly when we uh, get ready to face Miami, that'll be something that... And, and they've kind of had a little resurgence, too, with getting these two twins. Uh, this twin pair out of Fresno State that's come in and become media sensations for them. Well, they didn't become media sensations. They already were. They already were. And <laughs> I, I think well, like you said, they've become media sensations for Miami. They yeah, already were media, and now yeah. they've become them for Miami. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a fair phrasing of that, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that their stock went up in the move to Miami, though, because I think Probably. they're being noticed by a lot more people than when they were yeah. at Fresno State. That, and so I can preface it like that, I suppose. But uh, that's down the road a little bit. Let's talk about Wes Moore bringing his pack in here. A pack that uh, strangely has not looked too good in their last five games, losing three of those contests. Uh, you know, Jeff, you've got the basically the, the write up going into this one. What are some of the things you're going to take a look at and bring out? as you think about NC State and think about them coming in here to play Louisville? I think I'm going to grab some dice to roll to try to make my predictions on this one. I, <laughs> you know, uh, gosh, it's, I mean, I, I don't know how this team is four and four. When you look at the team, when you look at how they play, when you look at their non-conference performance, and you, and then you look at them being four and four in conference, and you're like, what what's going on here? This, I, I can't, I can't put anything together that makes sense for this um you know some of the things are starting to settle out in the conference a little bit but this one still just seems really i i I can't i can't come up with a good explanation of why they're so low in the conference standings right now but uh you know like i said like i said earlier they lost to boston college which again while we've been singing the praises of boston college and their improvement and they're getting better there's no way they should have beat nc state um, so, I mean, and again, that's why you play the game. That's why you roll the ball out, but it's bizarre land for sure. So, um, I, I don't know. I'm going to try and look at, look at this team, look at some of their stats and see what's going on. See if I can put together a coherent explanation on this a little bit. Right I'm with now, you, I don't Jeff. Have much. <laughs> I'm with you because how do you go from the team that they had last year and you still have, you know, like. River Baldwin and Diamond Johnson, Jada Boyd, uh, Round Turner. Like, these players, you lost Cunane, yeah, but those were some shooters. And it's like... Well, you did lose a pretty decent point guard in Reyna Perez, and you lost Kai Crutchfield. And and as you mentioned, Cunane, and I think Cunane was kind of their Hail Mary play at times when they just needed something because she could dominate the post so well that in, in a tight bind, they would just throw it to Cunane and she either score or draw a foul. And yeah. They don't really have a true super dominant post player this year has been the difference, I think. Yeah, like I an think anchor. Also, yeah, like, like, Cunane was an anchor. Yeah. Yes. Perez has still burned a, a negative thought pattern yes. into my memory process <laughs> two years ago when she knocked us out of the ACC tournament. With that little jumper that she put up there with like two points, two something seconds to go, and it went in and knocked the cards out. I mean, you look at NC State's schedule at this point, and particularly looking at the non conference schedule, and you know, they went 10 and 1 non conference. Uh, The one loss was to UConn, and that was before everybody on UConn got injured. But they got Uh, housed. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah. They did get But. But that was before, you know, like I said, the whole UConn team got injured. So, you know, you can at least understand that a little bit. Uh, you know, there's some 
pretty blah games in here. Uh, but you know, they, they beat Vanderbilt, they beat West Virginia, they beat number 10, Iowa. Um, you know, there's That's really the only game that is there, there are yeah. non-conference schedule. I, I was looking that's, at that's the big, it's, it's that's their big one. So yeah. misleading. Yeah. <laughs> like 10 and one and the losses to UConn. You're like, yeah, but they got the, the one win over Iowa. And then you look at the rest of the, the, the schedule and you're like, well, okay. I, I mean, they played some games and then they started conference play and things got real weird real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, beating Georgia, beating USF, or, you know, those aren't, that's not bad, right? But those those are not no-name teams, but they're also not top, top-tier top teams either. So, yeah, it's a little hard to figure out what's going on here. Jeff Wallace had kind of talked about this one in the terms of it being more of a chess match than a basketball game. And uh, when I first saw that, I'm like, hmm, is Jeff going to be out there with his pawn and his hand? No. <laughs> That's not going to happen. But but when you think about it, when he discusses, what are they going to play against us? How are we going to counter what they put up against us? Then you go back and forth on who's going to have the hot hand for them. Who are we going to counter with to stop that? What kind of game is River Baldwin going to have against us? You know, and he went back and forth on quite a few issues that the cards were basically going to have to face in such a very short turnaround time. And also the fact that Louisville was looking at somebody who certainly has had a great rivalry with the cards over in the last seven, eight years. And that's going to play emotion into it a little bit too. Witness the people who have decided to attend this one at the KFCM Center. Re- reports are the lower bowl is completely sold out mm-hmm. and that they're selling the seats up in the, in the curtain area, as I like to call it. So. It could be interesting to see on this one. Uh, let's kind of let's roll here a little bit and 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 talk with each one of you a little bit on what you think is going to be some of the keys and some of the things that you think might happen in this Louisville NC matchup. Uh, I'm just going to do these in alphabetical order. So, case, what do you think in here? Well, I think like we talked about the issue with the the two games this week is Louisville needs to limit turnovers. Um, at 18 against Florida State, and then they had 21 against Boston College. Um, despite NC State being one basket against Syracuse away from being three and five in conference, uh, you know Boston College is three and five in conference now. They beat NC State and they led late in the game in this one, uh, thanks in part to those big turnover numbers. So my key to the game is protect the basketball, and should be okay. I mean, even if they're not forcing a lot of turnovers from NC State, they need to defend, or need to protect the ball themselves. Certainly Walton, Ed said after the the game against Boston College, we're going to show all 21 turnovers tomorrow. Because if we don't fix this, yada, 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 now, mm-hmm. it's going to bite us in the backside. Uh, and I think it's true. The turnovers are going to be a key. Daryl, is this the main thing Walls has got to worry about, turnovers? Yeah, I was going to say that too, but I think it's probably a good plan to try to get that ball in the hoop a few times too. Yeah. Uh, that'll win you some games. So as long as the offense can uh, produce, and even if the turnover, turnovers do happen, 
I think that as long as the team doesn't get flustered and, and frustrated with their ability to hold on to the ball and just keep scoring, keep moving the ball around, this team is most productive when they're sharing the ball. And I've said it before, I think that there's so much pressure on Haley's shoulders to score that, you know, she could she could dish it out a few times to somebody to to have them uh, get the points. So I just, you know, I think that as long as the team keeps scoring and doesn't come up with empty possessions, that they can pull out a win in front of the home crowd. And you certainly hope that the Cards will be able to take care of that, Jared. But despite Kunayan being gone, Perez being gone, some of the players that we've come to know from them over the couple of years, there is still a vast amount of talent on this Wolfpack squad. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, they're still one of the more talented teams in the ACC and maybe even still in the, the country. And a lot of that goes to what Wes Moore has done with recruiting and bringing in a lot of solid players, a couple of solid transfers here and there in the past. And he's, I guess he's rebuilt the NC State program. You know, they were had several down years there for a while, and they had to find their identity all over again. And I think he's really done that. Uh, it's just revitalized, but it, they're going to play U of L tough. It doesn't matter if it's at the KFCM Center, if it's down in Raleigh, if it's a neutral site. I mean, they're going to play U of L tough. And I think Wes Moore at this point's also seen Haley Van Lith enough times that he's going to know how to game plan against her. So it's going to fall on everybody else to be able to score. You can't rely on Haley and expect Haley to drop 20, 30 points in a game. You're going to need several other players to step up and go well above their season average in points per game to uh, keep this game working in the cards favor. Jeff, it's a case of where you've got these names that I'm sure we all remember. Diamond Johnson, mm-hmm. Jada Boyd, uh, Camille Hobby, even uh, mm-hmm. Jaquia Brown Turner. Brown Turner, yeah. Uh, you even look at Madison Hayes is a, a, a great player for this whole pass yeah. squad as well. And, Sunday Rivers, it just goes down the list. Yeah, it's uh, it's there's a lot of known names, like big enough that if you follow women's basketball just in general, you've heard these names, you've heard them called out, you've heard commentators talking about them even in other games. Uh, sometimes when we're talking about upcoming games, they'll talk about some of these these key players, and, and you hear those. Uh, I I look at this, and I, I'm looking at their overall season stat sheet right now. Um, you know, they averaged 75 points a game. That's down from what FSU averaged. Um, so if we can, again, if we get our defense going and slow that down, that gives us a really good chance. Uh, Cause we know our, our offense can produce a fairly high, fairly high sum. Um, and if we can slow down that 75 points a game, I think we'll be in good shape. Uh, looking at their turnovers, they turn the ball over on average of about 12 points, uh, 12 turnovers per game. It's a little high. Uh, so if we can get our defensive defense engaged and lift that number up a little bit and get those second gen points, I think we've got uh, a real shot to do that. Uh, they do fo- force more turnovers out of their opponents than they do than they turn over themselves, but it's close. It's not that not that much of a blowout. So, given the little bit of soft preseason that we were just talking about, I think that could be this could be another one, much like against FSU, where the defense is key. Um, if we can. And it's been a struggle for us all season. If we can get our defense out there and get it solid and not make stupid defensive mistakes, 
I think we've got a really good shot at this. And I think that's going to be a key as well, because you take a look at some of the conference games. I mean, Duke was able to hold them to under 60 when they played and beat them. Uh, they beat Syracuse, but they didn't score over 60 against the Cuse. And then you move a little further down the schedule in North Carolina State, or North Carolina was held to under 50 by North Carolina. And North Carolina is certainly a team that's an, another story for another time, but there are gaps there in this Wolfpack offense where hopefully we've done our homework and we're ready to go and ready to see these. So. The the big stat that stands out as being lopsided is blocked shots. They have 94 to their opponent's 50. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I don't know how important that stat really is. It, it doesn't seem like it's as important, but it, you know, it can have an influence on the game. If they're getting blocked shots, it's, it becomes demoralizing. So that's one I look at and kind of, you know, cock an eye at. For sure. And I, th I think one of the things I'd like to see on this as well, and I don't have time to research it now, but how are those block shots out of conference compared to what they're actually getting in conference? Yeah, I would have to dig more into the stats to yeah, and I don't, yeah, compile that. Yeah, don't have the time to compile that. And I really don't really care. I mean, we've, we've showed that if people are going to try and block us outside, we just throw it inside. If yeah. people are going to tie us up inside, we just throw it in the corner to Jones or Van Lith or out front to Carl. I mean, uh, we'll deal with that. But this is a big one. This is national TV, y'all. 1 p.m. KFCM Center. Should ABC? be a fun, fun ABC. I wonder who ABC will actually bring in. I haven't seen the broadcast crew yet. Yeah, I was trying to look for that earlier and couldn't find uh, answers on that. So I don't know. I mean, they are part of the ESPN family, so it could be some of our typical ESPN announcers. Probably Billy uh, Packer and Brent Musburger. No. <laughs> Musburger, I'm okay with. But, oh, uh, gosh. <laughs> we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if Debbie Antonelli's hanging around that door waiting for the phone call. Yeah. Say, yeah. anybody, uh, uh, do I want to go to Louisville? Yeah. Yeah, I could do that. Bring her in to cheer on Mikasa some more. She loves Mikasa. She does indeed. And, and yeah. for somebody who is so pro-offense like Debbie is. Yeah. Some of the stuff yeah. that comes to do. Shows that she's involved a little bit as well. Yep. This should be fun. Uh, some of the things we didn't get to real quickly. Maybe we're going to cover some of these. And, uh, we'll do final thoughts. Yep. Yeah, final thoughts and stuff like that. Uh, but we've had a great basketball discussion here. Mm -hmm. And I think that everybody... If you've been listening, now have a, a general idea of what to expect, maybe, and what the cards have done, and what they're capable of doing, and certainly what North Carolina State is going to bring in here to try to put on us. So, get on down there and watch the game. If you haven't seen one from the 300 level, and you don't have vertigo, I intend you go. I, I personally can't sit up there. I tried once and ended up... Uh, just couldn't do it. Yeah. Be a little careful. Hold on to things. Make sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No hand holds. yes. It's, yes. They're steep. It's steep seating. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're going to go, be careful. But let's go ahead and uh, move on into some final thoughts now. Uh, I'll go ahead and, and start it. Let's just stay with the alphabetical order thing here. Uh, we'll start with you, Casey. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to shout out women's tennis. Wrote about it a little bit today, starting uh, their season with a pair of wins yesterday. 
Um, and then it looks like I was trying to find uh, announcers. It doesn't list them, but this week, uh, starting looks like Thursday, uh, the nineteenth, uh, began ESPN's We Back Pat week. Uh, mm-hmm. Sunday is a loaded schedule across all the ESPN networks of women's basketball games, which probably is why Louisville ended up on ABC for this one. Um, plus the fact that it's uh, two ranked teams. Um, yeah. Or, well, <laughs> that's not true at all. Or <laughs> might, uh, When the press ESPN press room schedule was created, it was number 10 NC State at number 7 Louisville. Uh, and the ABC schedule probably a little more locked in, so uh, they didn't they didn't change that one. But uh, both of Louisville's games this week, um, part of the We Back Pat series, um, so that's why they'll get the ACC Network treatment as well against Wake Forest. So that's why I think they have. Daryl, what's on your mind? Uh, it's kind of the same thoughts um, about NC State and. Um, just how important this game is, is from a um, basketball standpoint, but from, you know, just a rivalry and conference standpoint, I think that the uh, Wolfpack is going to give the cards as much as they can handle because they're currently four and four in the conference and in that middle of the pack and they do not want to go below 500. So this win for them would be huge. And I think for Louisville, they are trying to stay in that top tier. Um, it's, you know, I'm looking at the, uh, NCAA standings, NC State's ranked 20, cards still not ranked. Um, I think that if they do beat NC State, that they could get back in that top 25, um, which is weird to say because usually they're in the top 10 um, the whole season. Um, but it's just a win. I think we'll see Mikasa Robinson on the floor diving for every ball. I know I said offense is going to be a huge key, but defense as well. Um, that's the things that aren't showing up in the stat sheet, and, and Mikasa is that – that person to to make it happen so gotta get a big one this weekend it is indeed it uh i think most of the eyes in the acc will be on this matchup and rightfully so i think jared what you got i don't know if i really had much i noticed a few minutes ago on social media that mark Wahlberg was down at the fraser museum doing a a bottle signing so i mean that that's kind of cool uh that louisville still brings in random celebrities and continues to promote the art such as the Fraser History Museum. Uh, but other than that, I don't really have any actual final thoughts to give today. I, I saw on Twitter that he was in town and, and I saw somebody ask, is he staying at the Sealbach? Everybody <laughs> remembers that news story from about 30 years ago. That was fun. Well, maybe we could uh, talk him into sticking around for a women's basketball game. Tomorrow. Yeah. So, maybe so, so you can even get a picture of his butt, Jared. Yeah, I mean, if, <laughs> if you buy a number of his bottles of tequila, he might stick around for you. Yeah. So New Kids on the Block, when they were a thing uh, and popular, and Mark Wahlberg was, of course, part of that. And when they were in town one time, they stayed at the Sealbach Hotel and set the carpet on fire in the hallway. And it was oh, kind of a bit of a scandal. So, yeah. Hmm. Gee, that was that was a lot of fun, huh? Yeah. Golly gosh, uh, that's the only story I can think of really that might even get him close to. Yeah, to it was not it was not Mark Wahlberg that did it, but it you know still. Yeah, that was an guilty by association. Yeah. The Eagles were here many years ago, yeah. and staying in the Gold House, and 
two of the prominent members of the Eagles decided to dine the night before in the flagship room. And unfortunately, we're not getting along at well at all. And so in addition to the revolving restaurant, they had a knockdown, throw them a fisticuff fight at in the middle of the restaurant. Hmm. And everybody, of course, was able to look down and see and go, oh, my God, look at that little guy wailing on the big guy. Woo! <laughs> Strangely enough, the next night they were together on stage for concerts. Hmm. So, such are bands and the way they work. Uh, but uh, what else going on? Jeff, you got anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, a quick uh, volleyball tidbit we did talk about. Uh, we have talked about on the show about the incoming transfer to the program, Charity Looper. Uh, we do have some news on a couple of the outgoing. Uh, Sydney Shetnan, uh, I don't remember if we've talked about her on the show. Um, she has decided to go, uh, basically go home uh, to South Dakota State to play. Um, I think that'll be a good fit for her. I, I wish her well, of course. Um, she'll do well there. Um it's got a lot of support family back there, so that's great. Uh, the other transfer out is Paige Morningstar, and we found out this week that she is landing at Cal uh, in uh, California, Berkeley, California. Uh, so she'll be a Cal bear uh, starting this fall. And, uh, yeah, we wish them both the best. They're, they're both wonderful people, uh, and uh, I think those will both be good uh, situations for both of them. We just traded sure. players out of the University of California system is all it was. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I totally do wish her the best as well, too, because I remember oh. when she first came in, everybody was very excited about getting Paige Morningstar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it looked like the cards maybe did even a little bit better after yep. getting her in, and she was and kind of be devaluated perhaps in what her role might be, but certainly a great kid. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, for me, nothing really major here. I am looking forward to tomorrow, to looking forward to see how full the KFCM Center gets, how loud it gets, even though maybe you know, this one didn't mean as much as it might have been if both of these teams were highly ranked and, and such. It's still one of our biggest and most excited dog fight rivalries that we've got in women's basketball and ACC right now. Westmore and Jeff Walls going against each other. You've got the players on NC State going against our players. How we went down to NC State a couple years ago and embarrassed them in the first half. They came back and almost won the game in the second half. There's a lot of storylines here. Marina Perez will never forget her. I'll never forget Kunane crying every time she had a chance to to a referee because one of our three centers was beating her up, according to her. Uh, so many plot lines in this one. So much fun. Let's just play the game. Come on, mm-hmm. let's bring it on. Let's roll them out. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of waiting. Let's get them out there right now. No, That'll be tomorrow. So have fun with it. We hope to see you down at the KFCM Center. And certainly want to. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. We'll catch you next week. Same bad channel, same bad time. Unless you know something we don't. Everybody have a great weekend and go cards.
Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics. Thank you.